everyone and welcome to another exciting edition of words images and worlds an adventure in podcasting delighted to be talking on this episode with comics creator allison sampson allison may i may i call you allison is that all right you you may um yep yeah. and he hello everybody as well <laughs> thank you for jumping on thanks for taking some time to talk with me and i'll mention a couple of titles of yours here at the beginning of the episode but there are certainly several these these are two in particular that i know i'll be asking about and that is the adaptation of sleeping beauty sleeping beauties excuse me and uh department of truth both of those being really fascinating books they 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 are and those are my two they're not quite my two most recent projects i have drawn an issue of hellboy since mm -hmm. i did that department of truth but i've spent and I've and I've spent a lot of the summer drawing comic covers, which is a relatively new thing. But those two, in my opinion, have the most significance for me. Mm -hmm. And Sleeping Beauty particularly was a huge piece of work. I mean, really, really big piece of work for me. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite Stephen King novels to come out in the past few years. Um, and then I was really excited to see the graphic novel adaptation. Of course, always the question is, how are they going to do this? And what's it going to be like? And it came together really, really nicely. Well, I'm really, I'm really glad to hear that because, you know, I've met quite a few people who've read the novel and then see the book. And we, I think... I think I think everybody was very concerned to stay true to the story. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And the way it was done was Rio Ewers, who is a Canadian horror novelist or horror. I keep, I keep thinking of as a crime novelist, horror and crime novelist, worked with Owen, who he knew to. Mm. But I, I, and I think this, this must have been the really big job of the project to cut 75 percent or so of a best-selling novel, how do you do that? I mean, I don't know. And then he wrote the script based on, you know, this editing process that he had had. And then I took the script and made the script back into a book. And, you know, and I don't have any doubts that kind of doing an adaptation, take me taking a script and drawing it is only, I was going to say half the story. I'm not even sure it's half the story. It's part of the story. Mm -hmm. It's a huge job. I, I, I had no, I had no idea. I, I mean, I, I'm not sure what I thought. I, I, I didn't really realize how how much more demanding an adaptation would be. You only find out when you do it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So I'll I'll circle back to the adaptation process and maybe a question or two that uh, follows there. But curious about as as you're working through this process of putting books together. Um, what comics allow you to do with your storytelling and uh, what it was about this particular medium that sort of connected you? Well, I mean, I mean, for me, it's really, it's very, very straightforward. It's comics give structure to arts. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, this is something that I think I need. I mean, I, I like, I like making art, but what I really need when I'm making art is some kind of, I need constraints mm -hmm. and sometimes Sometimes more constraints are better than less constraints. So, for example, I'm not particularly good at doing what I would call just or just draw the princess, uh -huh. which a lot of comics people are very good at, and it's it's partly why I I haven't done a lot of commissions because kind of I want I I always feel that I want there to be more to the drawing. There's got to be some kind of thing going on. Uh -huh. Also, you know, and and all my covers are like that where. 
I don't think I've ever done a cover that's just drawing the princess. Um, and, you know, there's always a whole load of other things going on. And, um, you know, and that, that has influenced all my stuff. I mean, people generally know this, but I've not been making comics for re- for that long and certainly not as long as my age might suggest. Uh, perhaps about 10 years. Uh-huh. And before uh-huh. that, I was an architect. And that's just the same, where it's like, um, architecture gives structure to art uh-huh. a lot more structure actually so kind of comics are sort of liberating really and that's another you know, another nice thing it's it's the good bits of architecture without all the kind of you know nightmare of how to make the air conditioning work well right. I mean it's got it's got other it's got other challenges <laughs> yeah no um what do you think your background in architecture helps you bring as an artist in comics um, I mean, kind of quite sometimes, sometimes quite sort of quite nebulous things. I mean, I think it's in architecture you start with with a blank page, and I'm not. It's made me not terribly afraid of the blank page because kind of I've had a reasonable amount of practice with it. You know, it's like I don't particularly like it. Nobody likes it, mm-hmm. but kind of I have seen a few before, and um, and also. I mean, there's, there's, I could, I could talk about this for like ages, but also, <laughs> what my particular architecture practice has done, where I worked for nearly all the jobs I've done since my twenties, have been for what you would call rock stars in architecture, uh-huh. and um, what that has taught me is that you can take a risk, and it can be very commercial, and that suits me quite well, and that's sort of where I sit in comics, uh-huh. where you, you know, I've, I'm working in some reasonably. I, I'm not. I'm not doing a huge amount of work for Marvel and DC, although I have worked for both. But like, I'm working in some reasonably commercial areas, and I would like to think I'm pushing the envelope in those areas. Uh-huh. And um, you know, so doing something interesting and it being commercial is something that I I kind of know how to do, uh-huh. if that makes sense, and. Uh-huh. It's not that is really not everybody's cup of tea. I know, I know, for example, that doing a risky piece of art can really, really work for lots of people. And mm-hmm. um, in my architecture work, you know, I'd be working on site with a ton of people, and you know, there'd be plasterers and there'd be people digging holes and you know, cladding experts and surveyors and all sorts of things. And all these people you talk about the project with, about, you know, why it looked like that, what you were doing, what you were trying to achieve. And I know, you know, that everybody can, many, many, many people can appreciate art. And this mm-hmm. is partly why I like making comics to start with, because this is, if, if, this is, if there's such a thing as art for the masses, this is it. Mm-hmm. This, is, this, is, this is art for everybody. And and if I can give, you know, and I and I I I think people should never, ever underestimate people. Not you know, just random people's capacity to enjoy art. I love that. Yeah, it's really, really important to me that. Yeah, yeah. When you mentioned um, not doing that, it's just a princess sort of style, and um, your work really carries across genres and shows a lot of what's possible in the medium. So I'm curious about sort of the sweet spot for your creativity, the spot where you're most 
uh, sort of in the flow of creating? It, it re it's really hard to say. I mean, I've sort of, people started to say I was a horror artist and could be, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but I'm also quite reluctant not to get pigeonholed into that area. I think a lot mm -hmm. of people seem to want to get pigeonholed into that area, but I don't think... I don't think that's kind of ideal. I don't think that's kind of particularly an ideal way to go because kind of there are many, many extremely accomplished horror artists who only do that and do it extraordinarily well. And they're generally not the comic artists. It's, I'm talking about people like Tehani Farr, who uh -huh. is an amazing horror artist. I think she's done, she might have done a comic, but she's not done a lot of comics. She does it all the time, incredibly well. I am not her competition. You know, uh -huh, it, uh -huh. it's incumbent for me to do a whole range of things. And I'm quite, pr I'm proud of my range. I'm really, in fact, I'm really proud of my range. Um, I mean, I just set up my convention table today and there was an awful lot of girls with swords, but I have done a whole bunch of different things. Love but that. one thing, I, but, but I mean, one thing I noticed, I've just, and I can't, I can't tell, I'm not, I can't tell you which thing it is, but I just did, um, a cover for a project and um and then i saw all the other covers and the interiors and i thought and i had to go back and look at what i'd been sent again i thought that was a horror story uh -huh. that i got uh -huh. i'm sure it was a horror story i felt it was a horror story you know it's it's a horror story to me and i kind of did a sort of horror cover but nobody else did and i was like this is really weird and and i think that kind of comes some way to answering your question which is even if other people don't, if I think it's kind, if I think it's kind of, you know, if there's some kind of emotional thing going on, uh -huh, uh -huh. that's kind of where I want to go. And 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 horror is a lot about that. It's um, it's a lot about empathy, for example. In fact, it's mostly about empathy. Uh -huh. um, you know, where something happens, something dreadful happens, and you're like, it's all about feelings. So, so, for example, in my reading taste, I, I love a good cry. I love a good tragedy. Uh -huh. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't love a good tragedy, but somehow I seem to read a lot of this thing. So that must mean something. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. And so I quite like this sort of this place where you're digging into into what's happening with people. And I think that can that that is a very much a horror thing. But it, I think it can go across genres as well. You know, so why is this person doing that? Why do they feel that? You know, how does this impact upon how the comic looks and feels? And, you know, I, I would find it very difficult to not. Do, and this comes back to not being able to draw the princess again, uh -huh. which is, kind of, you know, if you just draw the princess, you're not doing that. Um, so, yeah, I, it's, it's, that's not particularly I, I'm sort of refusing to answer the question because kind of there isn't really a sweet spot. I have a project which I did quite a while ago with the, the writer Fred Van Lente, who is the comedy writer. He's very, he, he's funny all the time. I mean, he's uh -huh. funny in life as well. And um, we did a project, project called The Beard. And I'm not a particularly, I'm not a particularly funny artist and I'm not really a particularly funny person, but kind of, I really enjoyed doing this. And he's very, he's very good. And, um, and we've since pitched, you know, a lot of times passed. I can't remember how many years ago we did this thing, but now there's a hoy, the publisher, around, and this is what they do, and we've just pitched it to a hoy, and I'm kind of excited about that. And that's not like 
you know other things but it, it's 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 still about how people feel yeah. and people's yeah. emotions it's, you know it's it's probably more a kind of a book about i was going to say people's inner lives I mean, what Fred what Fred says is superpower. He sort of sees superpowers as a manifestation of people's inner lives, and I quite like that. And and so, although it's going to be really stupid, I'm sorry, that's <laughs> it's, although it, it is actually. Yeah, it, it's really stupid. It, I mean, I don't know when I'm going to draw it, but kind of, it will be nomin. It will be a comedy. This will just be stupid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and that strikes an emotional tone too. That's uh, yeah. very necessary. Yes, yeah. I, I mean, when I tell people about this book, which I, I'm not actually going to tell you here because it's sort of slightly distracting, but when I tell you people about, you know, the the log line for the story that we did, they always laugh. And I, and I said to her, you know, it's just like we've got to do something with this because <laughs> why not? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've no, idea, I've no, I've no idea, kind of, you know, where that's going to go, when I'm going to draw it, or what I'm going to draw. But kind of, I do appreciate, I do appreciate that. I mean. You know, anything that kind of pokes people in, I was going to say pokes people in the fields. That's a terrible phrase, but yeah, anything that does that goes for me. I like it. I like it. But I, I have this undercurring motif of sort of um, folks who come on tend to create across a range of materials and so i really appreciate that or genres or whatever it happens to be so i think that's something that it must appeal to me to a re- as a reader as well um yeah. Yeah. yeah so going back to sleeping beauties curious about that you mentioned it was a, a difficult process so curious about what that's yeah. like to adapt from one form to another well the way it worked was i was booked onto the job and a whole load and then a whole load of time passed where I think I was both doing something else and they were spending a lot of time, like a lot of time, developing the script. And, and when I mean a lot of time, I mean years, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, which is fa- which is absolutely fair enough. If you've got a best-selling novel, you don't, you know, you don't mess with it lightly. And, um, and also, I don't know. I, I have no idea who was doing what in that time. Anyway, after a period of time, I became free and there was a script. Mm-hmm. And... Um, then, um, so I got this script and I started to draw it pretty faithfully, which was sort of what I wanted. I, when I start with a script, I generally want to follow what the writer has asked for because kind of that's the point or it's sort mm-hmm. of the point. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I kind of, not a not very long while, maybe after but sort of in the middle of the first issue or towards the end of the first issue, I thought actually, you know, this is um, this is really difficult. Some of this is really difficult. Where I, I spent absolutely age. There was one pan. It's just one panel actually, where there was a whole really long description of what was happening, and I I got really tied up with how to make this room work. Where mm. where th- there was you know there's there was a whole lot of things in the room, and then there was events in the room, and then I wanted to, you know, ha- have light coming in from one direction and. You know, and I wanted every single panel to be from a different angle, and and where people were sitting and what was behind them, and it it became an absolute. And I, it was kind of impo- it was kind of impossible where the, the 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 script was really loaded up with like these like things, uh-huh, and uh-huh. like it kind of realised that you couldn't 
kind of couldn't do this. You could only make the whole thing. So it was like the, the, it was like there was a whole list of descriptions of things on the fridge magnets on the fridge in the kitchen. And you could only make it work if you sat the person right in front of the fridge, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I was an absolute, and I didn't want to do that. Kind of, you know, it absolutely. So you have to kind of think of something else to put the fridge right at the front and the person right at the back, mm-hmm. or something. And um, and I just thought, oh god, I can't go through the whole book like this. You know, this is firstly it's going to take ages. Secondly, I don't know why I'm doing this because yeah, the fridge magnets are important, and the person sitting at the table is important, but they do not need to be in the same panel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that's why there's quite a lot more panels in Sleeping Beauties than I think it was written to be five panels a page, roughly. It was sometimes six, sometimes four. But there's kind of more panels than that. And that is because some of the panel descriptions were loaded up with stuff that I thought was better split out. Uh-huh. Or I, I, th- I won't say it was over edited. I don't think that's I don't think that's right. I just I think it was I think they got to a point with it. And then they said that'll do kind of thing, which yeah. is sort of fine. Because yeah. because when you when you've done a whole load of other stuff, really the fact the script at all is kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And um I, I like the multiple panel aspect of it. And there's a there's a sort of pacing that brings, um, almost yeah. as its own elliptical sort of uh tension building approach. Yeah. I, I think I think of it as unflattening. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, when you have an event on a page, you, you, have a, you have, say, a page of script, and there's an event on the page, and if, you pre- if you're not careful and you present, and say, say it's described in four panels, and you look at that and you think, which is the most important panel, and, you know, how should, where should I, how should I lay this out? Mm-hmm. And then you think, well, that's that, but, you know, the beginning's important. There's actually a really good example of this is the one where Evie opens her mouth and all the moths come out and go over angel and then it's kind of disgusting and mm-hmm. and then there's kind of it sort of ends and this is all happens on one page and i think it was scripted like she opens her mouth they go on angel there's a bit of conversation and then it kind of stops or something and i thought actually if this actually happened this is just dreadful mm-hmm. you know this is really firstly it's weird and secondly it's really nasty i mean it's one of the things i am most afraid of is insects going all over me? I had when I was very little, I had ants go all over me, and they stung me, and it was just it. It was one of the worst, worst experience. Genuinely, one of the worst experiences of my life. Uh, it I, not. It wasn't actually that terrible. I thought it was, and uh-huh. um, um, you know. So this is comes back to what I said before. You sort of get into the head of the person who has the, who is there, you know. And 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 the, this thing, you know, even if it only was moment momentary, you know. But the person who's experiencing it will go on forever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It will be really long. You know, it'd be like, oh my God, moths on my face, moths in my mouth, moths everywhere. I, I'm dying, you know, am I suffocating? What is, get them off. And so I, I think that second panel, I kind of split it. I, did, I had a lot of little panels where it was sort of moth, oh, you know, just, ugh. And then, and then, and then it kind of stopped. And you know, it's 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 stuff like that. It, it's a sort of unflattening of the moment where I could have done it in one panel, but it would be like it would be very different. It would feel really different. 
Yeah. Where it'd be like, yeah, the moth went on her. <laughs> so it goes. <laughs> so go, yeah, moth on her, no problem. Uh, or, you know, moth on her, that happened. But it's like, no, no, that's, that's, and, and, and this is the whole difference in the story we're telling. It's like, moth went on her. It's like, no, that's awful. That's really awful. She feels dreadful. And therefore, and, and what actually happens in the story, of course, the moths go on her and she sort of, I don't know, has some kind of re-evaluation of what's happening. Uh-huh. It, it, it has meaning. But for it to have meaning, it has to have an effect. And for it to have an effect, you actually have to be able to see that. And like, yeah, uh, there's, yeah. there's quite a lot of that in Sleeping Beauties. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'll also mention I've become a force ghost. You're like the third guess that i've had where i've just sort of gone on pur- all purple like this yeah, uh, I, I really like i really like it i, I wasn't sure you. if you could do that but i do like it yeah yeah thank I, you in thank fact you. i'm actually re- i'm actually really jealous oh okay. <laughs> well if i figure out how it happened i will Can be, I be purple as well um <laughs> if you figure out how to do it yeah very happy to be purple although i will you know i'll take blue or a gr- pink maybe whatever yes whatever uh, you have sounds great anyway sounds great. So where were we? So, well, I, I, I was I was trying not to say anything about the purpleness, but I do like it. Oh well, thank you, thank you. And the, um, pink, the pink glow also. You have a kind of pink beard. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. There you go. I, I'm being transformed as we speak. Um, so I was going to ask about what's next creatively and your creative vision that you, of course, can talk about. But before I do that, I wanted to also give attention to um, Department of Truth because it's. It's a terrifying story. It's a, yeah. a visually uh, magnificent story. Curious about what that's been like for you to work on. Well, I just did a part of it. The main part, or most most of it, as everyone knows, it, it is drawn and painted by Martin Simmons, who mm-hmm. is a friend here in the UK. And firstly, I am tremendously grateful to Martin's work, or Martin and his work, for, I, th- I I feel that all of that has been just incredibly liberating, and I think other other comic artists would say that there are. It's not it's not everybody, but there are certain other comic artists I think who've done quite well out of Martin doing what he's done, and it's opened the door for other people to do to make more interesting things. For example, didn't get asked to do any covers before I did one for Martin, and he's done all sorts of covers, and and largely nobody's going to quite go where he goes. Mm-hmm. But it has opened the door to be able to do interesting covers. It, you know, it's it's ground it's groundbreaking, really. I think, mm-hmm. and um, so being a part of this book is 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 great. It's really interesting. I like how James works. Um, I mean, the book's about the power of ideas, and he has something in his writing where. Um, and I don't know how this works because I, ha- I haven't looked at lots. If if I had a few scripts to look at, I would be like, oh, this is how he does it. But um, there's something in his writing where he clearly gets the best out of the artists he's working with. Mm-hmm. And I'm not entirely sure how he does that, but he does, which is, you know, he, he wins these prizes and he deserves them because he's doing something, which I can't quite get my finger on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's very enjoyable work to do. It, it's, I mean, like, as ever, I got to do. I got to draw some really weird stuff. Nobody, I don't think I know anyone else who is asked to draw quite as much sex as I get asked to draw. And I'm not entirely <laughs> sure why I get asked. Going going back to, 
you know, um, genres and stuff. I think I've mm. got range. <laughs> I, Absolutely. I, I think I think I've probably got range, and uh, but no, a whole lot of sexy stuff, and so I just enjoy doing it. I I like I like the kind of um, the combination of constraints and freedom that his script offers. Uh, it's the the there's something in there about constraints and freedom. Like he, there are things absolutely things he wants, and you will do them. But there's enough space. It, there's enough um, generosity of space in the script that you can do it in an interesting way, and it will work. Mm, and that's great. kind of what's expect. That's kind of what's expected of you because he he knows what you're going. I won't say he knows what you're going to do before you do it. Because I certainly had no idea what I was going to do in Department of Truth before I did it. But like, um, or maybe I did. I don't know. I don't think I did. I th- I think I think I was uh, part of the reason I liked doing it was because it was um it was like opening a sort of door to freedom for me where yeah. it was like what are you just just draw draw something and um i'm going to apparently i don't know when i'm going to do this i mean it might have been now but it's not i can't remember how long i've been waiting for the script maybe since the summer it's not very long really but i'm supposed to be drawing another couple of issues of it oh, because when, when when i finished doing it i said i really enjoyed doing this and it looked it looked really good, um, so we're all very happy with that. And I said, I really enjoyed doing this. Could I do some more? Could I could I draw the Red Lady origin story? You know, mm-hmm. who is she? Where did she come from? How did she get to this place? And then they after a whole load of time passed, half a year passed, and then they came back and said, Would you like to draw some more Department of Truth? And I was like, Absolutely. Yeah. And um, so I'm doing that, and I've got a bunch of covers that I've done, I've got, how many have I got on deck? Two, two, I've got two I'm currently doing and two for Department of Truth, I need to do sharpish because I think if I do those covers, my script might come a bit more quickly. And then um, I've got what I'm really meant to be doing. That's what I've been put, and it's been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back because I keep doing something else is I have an image series I'm supposed to be drawing called The Blue Tarantula, which was written by J.H. Williams mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Scott Johnson. And this is um, a sort of political sci-fi book. It's, it, it's not super futuristic sci-fi. It's just sort of near future. Uh, near future sort of, I was going to say, technocracy, really. Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. It, it's it, it's more it's Lazarus meets Prometheus, so it's it's got it's a it's a kind of political action story with a good dose of what the heck was that? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Talk about a tagline. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, well, it, it's James Williams. It's going to be what it's going to be. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, there is no. When I said I have range, it is expected of me. If you think I if you think I've ranged now, just wait. Wonderful. Um, wonderful. <laughs> you, you know this this is this, this is this going. I mean, like, there's a lot, and um, and it 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 goes right. I mean, it will be. Well, yeah. No, if you think I've got range now, just wait. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's that's. Um, I have start. I have started it, but kind of. 
I was very conscious, particularly with, and this kind, kind of came with Sleeping Beauties. That was, Sleeping Beauties was the second and third book respectively that I did not get to do the cover. I didn't get to do, I did the cover for Hit Girl for, mm. but it was really mine. It was well back in the series. I didn't get to do any covers for Sleeping Beauties. And this is really bad. When you don't do covers for your own work, you have the stuff on your table at conventions and like, it's not your work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know the, the cover the cover artist is, is very sort of important and if you don't draw the cover to your own book what happens is you've kind of got disappointment built in you mm -hmm. know where people like oh, i like this book and then you open it and they're like oh not so much that's kind of rubbish actually in my opinion and so i don't want that to happen again i want to do the covers to my own books and in order to do the covers, to, and this is really this is really important. Just believe me, if you don't do the covers to your own books, you're kind of, to some extent, nobody knows you've done the book. Um, that, so, so it's incumbent on me to do something about that. And the only reason, the only way I'm going to get asked to do covers to my own books is if people think I can do covers to start mm. with, uh -huh. and hence a summer of covers. Um, you, you know, it's it. This, this, this is. You know they're not, they're they're interesting to do, but this is this is to an end. I want I want to be able to be allowed to do the covers to my own work. I I, I, mean, I was kind of devastated. Actually, doesn't even get there. You do all this work, and then everyone then then they stick they then they use somebody else's work to sell it, and it's like, well, that's not exactly a vote of confidence, is it? Right, um, right. <laughs> you know, so yeah, uh, so covers. Um, but like I need I need to get back to the sequentials, not least because uh I, I mean I'm I miss it. Um and and I I like I like the problem solving aspects of it. And I'm I'm very very much looking forward to just immersing myself in layouts. I've got to as I said, I was telling you earlier, I've got a big convention, MCM London this mm -hmm. weekend, and then Thought Bubble is in two weeks' time. And after Thought Bubble, I'm looking forward to locking myself in my house until like March or April <laughs> and sitting down with my layouts and my sequentials. And that's, you know, I, th I, th I think I think all comic artists like that, genuinely like all that kind of thing. You know, the <laughs> pandemic was a boon for us. We were like, oh, we don't, <laughs> you know, good excuse not to leave the house. We like that. Um so, so yeah, I'm quite I'm very, very much looking forward to a break from I don't know, particularly from conventions. I, I do they're they're kind of fine, but kind of three big ones in a month is a lot. Yeah, yeah. Wishing you some time of creative restoration and hibernation. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind actually just kind of asleep. Uh I'm I'm looking for I'm, because because not only is the these conventions, but like the work does not stop. Uh -huh. The deadlines do not go away for this stuff. And they just have to be worked around. Uh -huh. And that's fine. But kind of, you know, I'm... Can I put this? I need eight hours of sleep, night, sleep per night. It's very helpful. I need my sleep. It's, it's yeah. The way I see it, you have to live to fight another day. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, looking forward to, uh, I, I don't want to say the fight to come, but the, the work to come, certainly. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I, when I reemerge from my house, um, <laughs> hopefully, the, I, I mean, I've no idea when we'll announce it. 
what I want is because um, how can I put this? I can't remember what it is. Oh yeah, because image doesn't do image isn't doing um, reprints or some not reprints. You know they aren't doing second printings. Mm -hmm. So what you have to do is you have to hit you have to get the orders the order number right first time mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. comic shop owners. And in order to do that, what I want to do is give them quite a lot of comic. I don't, you know, when I, when it's when it's announced, I want like five, I want at least five issues on deck. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know. You know. You know. So we can, we can do as well as we can try as well as we can with our first issue to you know get people to understand what it is and find their market and all of that. So I want quite a lot done when we announce it, and you know, and that's on me really. Uh, well, I know that you are. Um going to deliver as you always do and as you said you have I, wonderful I, 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 hope, I hope so but I have no idea what it's going to I mean, it's going to look we'll put it like this J.H. Williams is an artist his work is well known do you think he's going to let me do anything less than <laughs> the absolute best he's not so kind of yeah, yeah. My, my work is well and truly cut out <laughs> In a good well, way. I I, I like yeah. it. I, I I like having my work cut out. I I like a nice project, but boy, it's going to be a project. Yeah, yeah. Well, and looking forward to enjoying that on the reading side as well. Oh, it's going to be great. I I mean, I've got all the script and I've read all the script, and um, yeah, I it's great actually. Very satisfying. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Well, Allison, thank you. Thank you so much for a wonderful talk. Um, anything that we've missed that you want to make sure to tag in as we're closing? Um, no. Um, I mean, I think by the time this gets out, it will be, um, you know, I will have done my convention tomorrow. So there's no point saying any more about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, as I say, look out for my next work. It will be for it will be from Image Comics. It will be likely Department of Truth get out of the door before uh, the Blue Tarantula does. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um, when the Blue Tarantula does get out of the door, I, you know, I, I hope people check it out. I mean, it's it, it's been quite a long time since I've done a creator and book, a creator and book. I mean, all my work for quite a bit actually has been licensed. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I'm ready to. I, I'm really, really ready to do a creator and book again. It's time. And um, so I hope people will check it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. And I'm glad to talk anytime and looking forward to seeing these books come to be and hit the shelf and curious to see what is to come. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers. Cheers to you.